So when I went to work for the city of College Station in 2009, I met some pretty wonderful and talented people. And at the very top of that list was the city's neighborhood services coordinator, Barbara Moore, who somehow maintained the brightest disposition, even when dealing with some pretty harsh sentiments coming at her from a few residents. So Barbara's talents were eventually spotted, and she was elevated to the city manager's office where her skills and advice and insight could be put to use in a broader way for citizens. Another wonderful and talented person I met was Shalita Johnson, who isn't just the supervisor of Lincoln Recreation Center, but she grew up near that important site and has served countless children and adults through an infinite number of programs and events and important community outreach for more than 25 years. So these two women aren't just good at what they do and assets to the Aggieland community, but they are also black voices whose lived experiences and perspectives and insights are really critical to ensuring the city of College Station sees and hears and advocates for all citizens, including those with black and brown skin. So today I get to talk with Barbara and Shalita, my old co-workers, about a special project that they are working on for the city of College Station and why it's important for you and me to know about. Welcome to Brazos Matters. I'm Jay Sokol. And Barbara and Shalita, thank you for being here, friends. Yes, thank you for inviting us. I feel real special with that uh, introduction, so yeah, thank you. That was, thank yeah, you. That was a really wonderful introduction. So, Barbara, I'm going to start with you. Tell me what this project is called, if there's an official name for it, and, and the stories that you're aiming to tell. Okay, so um, we're talking about Juneteenth activities within the city of College Station, um, done through the Lincoln Recreation Center and the uh, city's Parks and Recreation Department. And um, we worked with Shalita and looked at doing something a little different this year. And one of those things was maybe finding out a little bit more about some of the early black families who made um, great contributions to the city of College Station that you may not know about. Um, For instance, Sterling Street, Richard Street, Washington Chapel Church are all tied to significant black families um, in this area that we felt like it would be important to tell their stories, to let people know um, when you drive down Sterling Street, it's not just the street across the street from Target, um, but it's tied to a family who made some significant contributions to this region. And so we're going to talk with some folks in each of those families, get their perspective on what their ancestors brought to um, College Station in the Bryan area and just kind of uh, chat with them on on those contributions and let people know those names um, so that not only we will not forget them, but that we will, in most cases, just know who they are um, and and gain some respect for what they've done for our community. How far back are we talking about? How many generations or approximate years? I mean, what are we talking about? Oh, I mean, I think the Washingtons and the Sterlings were at least, I'd say, three or four generations back here at yes. the Washingtons, at least the eight, late 1800s. So th- those those families um, made some significant contributions. Washington Chapel Church um, was named for Joshua Washington, who was sort of the uh, patriarch of that family. Um, they also had a school um, that was located near the College Station Cemetery and had a burial location site there um, for African-Americans to be buried. So I made some significant contributions. And shout out to Sherry Frisk, who's doing some great work on the College Station Cemeteries Mm. Project. Um, And she's also doing a lot of work um, with the black section of the cemetery that was um, 
owned at one time uh, by the Washington family. And and were these legacy families that you're talking about, did they did they own the properties that you're talking about or did they just live in these areas? You know, what how how deep were those roots? Oh, in most cases they did own um, the properties where they were, uh, which is uh, pretty outstanding if you think about the times that they lived in to be able to purchase and own property um, definitely before civil rights and, and probably in some cases shortly after emancipation. So uh, those are some pretty important feats for this region um, that was still considered the South at that time. So, yeah. yeah, some very, very important work that they did. Okay, so so we're going to talk more about that. But Absolutely. Shalita, I wanted to I wanted to shift to you. You you grew up in, and work in at least one of the historical neighborhood epicenters. I think of College Station's black community. Yes. Why do we need to know about these legacy families and their contributions? I guess so. The it's it's not forgotten. You know, a lot of times with College Station, you know about the college and you know about the station, but it doesn't represent some of it doesn't represent the African American families. They only show a certain population when they're talking about College Station, and so people need to know that you know other people made contributions to this great city, and so that information definitely needs to be shared. I, I have to imagine that you growing up in in that particular area and getting to work with with these families, like you've heard some stories, right? That's correct. I have. I, what are some things that that we need to know? Some things that you have gleaned just as as a resident and and a city employee. Like, what are some things that you think we need to know that are most interesting? Well, I guess the old, well, George Bush Drive that used to be Jersey Mm -hmm. Drive and then Fairview, like along that area, it used to be African-American families that lived along that route. But then when the college started growing, the African-American families were pushed back to where the Lincoln Lincoln Center area is, mm. you know, and that it was families that uh, African-American families that owned, you know, a washateria, a movie theater, a store. And so it was a thriving community, you know, basically when the university started, it was some thriving families that lived along the route. And it's it's a much more compressed area now. It is. It, it is. Am I right? Am I remembering correctly that there's some reference to that um, that neighborhood now, the McCulloch area, as is it four blocks? What was the name of, or nickname of that particular area? Am, now, I, am I making that up? Um, I don't know. Hollick. It was Hollick and McCollum. And then I don't know the other area that mm. you are referencing. Mm-hmm. Are there still descendants of some of those legacy families who who live in that area? Yes. Which yes. which families? Well, I know this. You know, if you're talking about the Sterling and Richardson family, yes, they still live on Sterling Street, and then it's still family members that are part of the Richardson family that live now close to the Lincoln Center area. Hmm. So there there are still families here. And for those who aren't familiar with the Lincoln Recreation Center and its history, can you give us a, a quick lesson on the significance of that of that facility? Yes, the Lincoln Recreation Center used to be the African American school for the College Station School District from 1941 to 1965 until uh, parts of the school burned down and then integration happened. Um, and so um, a Many graduating classes from Lincoln School, and some of those students are still around in this area. 
Um, and when parts of the school burned down, there were a couple of gentlemen that were Lincoln former students that decided to say, hey, we need to do something with this before, you know, the kids vandalize it and different things. And so they approached the school district and asked if they can turn it into a recreation center. And those were the community nights. And that's how it became a recreation center. They used their own funds and got funding from a Lincoln and it was just, it turned into a recreation center. And then um, the city of College Station purchased the land from the ISD, and we've just been growing ever since. Yeah, and really, if if I'm correct in saying this, over the past several years, you've really tried to help uh, the Lincoln Recreation Center evolve not just as a neighborhood gathering place, but as a community gathering place. What has that process been like? Well, it's it's been challenging, but it's you know. You know, sometimes you have to go through struggles to make progress. And so um, to me, it's always been a community center before it was a recreation center, because the Lincoln Center used to be where families, people will get information. If you needed help, they knew to come to the Lincoln Center. If a child was lost, they knew to come to the Lincoln Mm -hmm. Center. So it's always been that resource center. And so now we are trying to combine the two to where it's a recreation for leisure activities at affordable cost and still be able to provide those social services that the community might need or anyone that's from the Brazos Valley that might need those services. And if somebody hasn't been there in a, a while, it it has really um I mean, you've added a lot. You've, you've uh, rehabbed a lot. Can you talk about some of the things that people may not know that you have there? Oh, um, well, in uh, 2018, we moved into our new building where it's a beautiful gymnasium with wood floors with three additional activity rooms and a very nice fitness room. And so people are like, oh, I didn't know y'all had this building. I say, yeah, it's a very nice facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a covered pavilion that's a double basketball court. You know, um, We also have a splash pad and a brand new purple and gold playground. So it, it's a really great place you know, for families. Um, or for anyone that's just looking for affordable leisure services and leisure activities. Barbara, let's let's talk more specifically again about the, the video project. Tell me about some of the people who you have talked to and interviewed and some of those stories that have come out from that. Well, before we started the um, project for the um, the families who were some of the founders, we had also started an oral history project. So that's been going for about a year now where we've talked to people who were former students um, at Lincoln um, who are still connected and started a Lincoln Former Students Association, uh, people who still live in the area, um, a couple of the pastors, um, to just talk to them about what their experiences were um, living in um, College Station, things that they had heard from grandparents and parents. And so we've been doing that for about a year. And we've heard from uh, Reverend A.C. Clark. Um, We've heard from the famous Lucille Young. (laughs) Uh, Because if you know Lucille, you've met her once, you will never forget her. Um, She is Miss Lincoln. Um, And we've talked to several other uh, people in that area that have kind of given us some really good historical data. Um, It will be archived through um, the city's Historic Preservation Committee. Um, The archivist works to translate and um, transcribe those 
or history interviews so that they'll eventually be on laser laser fish with everything else um, under the city's project hold. So that's a that's a, a goal that we've been working towards over the last year is getting those voices archived and put out there and and preserved for for years to come. And we've heard some great things about, you know, we asked, you know, questions like what was Juneteenth like? And it sounded like it was an amazing um event um, and it was like a multi-day a multi-week event um, where all of the churches and families just got together and they just shared how much community meant to them and how much community still means to them and why they want to preserve it and so those interviews kind of led to hey let's kind of delve a little further into um, finding some of these families and talking about the ones who made some more significant contributions to College Station so we are working on um, doing interviews with um, descendants from the Richardson family, the Sterling family, and the Washington family, all all three of them, to add to um, what we've done already. And the plan is to show them um, during some of the Juneteenth celebrations um, for the that will be at the Lincoln Recreation Center and kind of give the community an opportunity um, to view and see uh, some of the descendants and, and hear about the contributions of their ancestors to our community. So through speaking with these descendants of College Station's uh, legacy black families, what were, and this is for you uh, and and Shalita, what were the sorts of, I don't know, success stories and stories of struggle that that you heard, whether they, again, were from generations ago Mm -hmm. or kind of or, or more current? Well, one that stuck out to me was how they talked about having one bus um, for the black kids that would start in Welburn and would eventually go all the way to Bryan. And wow. so they talked about how they would often be late for school, but nobody would even really think anything of it because you had one bus. And so it basically traveled along Welburn from um, out in Welburn all the way down to parts of Bryan. And I thought, wow, that is quite a story and they weren't big roads like they are now no yeah they were not um i've heard about some of the families who had their own movie theaters and grocery stores and in some of the landmark places around town that you like oh like i think one of them the movie theater was near where um cc creations in the uh, yeah so that was a a black movie theater that was there we i would have never known that and probably most residents wouldn't know that if if we hadn't had these conversations with with some of these people to talk about that and the grocery stores and just sort of the community families. Like there were some families that had large families and they were just like the neighborhood hangout place and um, how people grew up together and sort of were all raised together as families. It is just a, a beautiful depiction of days gone by that I think sometimes I wish we could still have life like that. Yeah. So if you just tuned in, I'm Jay Sokol. You're listening to Brazos Matters. And my guests are College Station's assistant to the city manager, Barbara Moore, who oversees some special projects, and Lincoln Recreation Center supervisor, Shalita Johnson. And they are both involved in a project that chronicles the history of College Station's legacy black families who helped establish and grow the city. So what do you two think that the city's ongoing role needs to be related to gathering and preserving the history of College Station's black community. When this project is done, you know, what what should the city be doing moving forward? Um, I think it would be good if we continue to to um, 
move forward and find different takes on being able to chronicle their stories um, from the oral history where we just wanted to preserve the voices of many of our elders who were passing on. We had one lady that's she'll be 99 years old this year. And Shalita was like, you have to get her story. <laughs> and she was a absolute hoot. I would interview her five times again because she was so funny and so, so much vitality and has a memory that is like rock solid. That was amazing. Um, because her memories predate significantly the city of College Station yes. even being a city. College Station is, will be 85 and she's 99. Mm. So she remembers what the station was like, what the college was like long before we were incorporated. Um, and so it, it's so wonderful to still have someone who's still with us, who can share with us. So we were very happy to be able to gather some of these stories from some of these elders and, and be able to preserve them. And in listening to them and talking to them, these other stories came out about how significant of work some of these other people did. And we felt like it was important to tell that story. Um, not to diminish any other stories that have been told, but and in addition to. And so um, my hope is that um, we continue to preserve these stories. We continue to build on these stories and we continue to find new ways um, to tell these stories. I think it's important for uh, people to have a well-rounded view of um, of history and a well-rounded view of um, who all you know, played a part in in helping to establish this community. So I hope that we continue with those efforts. Um, they have been met with um, really, really good acceptance by the uh, McCullough community and the African-American community. People were very willing to tell their stories. And so that let me know that it was just a matter of asking um, and listening to their stories being told. And so I hope we continue to do that and even more. Shalita, you have any thoughts about that? No, um, I wholeheartedly agree with with, uh, with what Miss Barbara just said. Just to continue um, reaching out, um, learning more about the culture of College Station, and then just asking um, uh, some of these families about some of their history, and just continue the project. Has Texas A&M been able to provide any resources to this project? Or if they haven't at this point, do you think maybe there's a, a place for that in the future? No, we have not reached out to Texas A&M. We do know that there was a project um, done by a professor that was in the Urban Planning and Landscape Architecture Department where she was looking at what's called Texas Freedom Colonies. And those were primarily um areas and neighborhoods that were established after the emancipation where they were like little pockets of places where African-Americans had moved and had begun to sort of basically like what we were just discussing, have their own stores and have their own, you know, blacksmiths and have their own movie theaters and mm -hmm. things of that nature. So she's been chronicling those all around Texas and she has um, some research on some in Bryant and she has some um, some research on McCullough. So um, we were thinking that, you know, hopefully what we could provide them could be something that could be in addition to and help to bolster some of the work that they're doing. But yeah, that was the one project that we know that has some um, significance and some tie to um, what this project is, is about. You know, in, in all of our years of working together and and whenever we would try to find the right imagery and so forth to represent College Station's earliest days, I'm not sure I remember seeing photos of some of the places that that you two are describing, the, the movie theaters, the the yes. uh, really thriving, built-out black community. Am I right about that? And, and if I am, have through this project, have you seen some imagery that you had never seen before that represents this community? 
one thing that I that I have seen was Washington Chapel when I think they had maybe their, I don't know if it was their 100th anniversary, they had a significant anniversary and they produced a sort of an anniversary book. Hmm. That was the first thing that I had seen where I actually saw some pictures and like, oh, this this is that place. But other than that, no, I had never seen any of those um, places in, in photographs or, or, or anything like that um, at all. Shalita, what about you? No, I, I have not. Hmm. No. No, it just it occurred to me as you were telling that particular story. Mm-hmm. So back to the project, when and how can people learn more about this project and even watch the video that is in production right now? Yeah, so it will be, um, we're having um, a night where you can view it, June 15th at the Lincoln Center. Um, the oral history um, interviews that we've conducted so far are being chronicled by the city's archivist and She's going to do her best to transcribe and get them on the city's what's called Project Whole mm-hmm. um, historic online database. So you can go to cstx.gov slash Project Whole and you can find a treasure trove of College Station history. Um, there are some folders on there specifically around black history, but it's just some really cool history that's out there about College Station that I think people would really enjoy reading. So it's pretty important that we have those things archived there. And that is where eventually all of these things will be able to go where people can mm. can access them for future years. And I assume if for some reason uh, folks miss the actual uh, event and screening on June 15th, I'm, I'm sure it'll be run on the city's Absolutely. Uh, Channel 19 channel. on yes. uh, Optimum, right? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. And I'm sure there'll be a plenty of information being pushed out by the city Um about that too. What are what are some additional next steps and, and things that people should know about this project? Um, just you know, look for it. Um, ask questions um, once you see the information. Um, give us a call and or you have more information that you want to know about, or if it sparks other uh, questions, that'd be good for us to know. That may be some of those future takes that we could do on it and hopefully just provide some context and add some context to kind of what you already know about this about this great city. Yeah. And if if people are learning about this and think, well, I've got family who would love to be interviewed. Uh, it, yes. it may not make it for this video necessarily, but Absolutely. can they still get in yes. touch with you about this? Yes, they can. And yeah. and we will do the um or history interview with them just like we've done with the with the other families. And so we're also asking some of the families like if you have pictures um, from great grandma's family album mm. that you don't mind sharing or if you have mementos from your church's 100th anniversary, we love to be able to take photos of those too and add them to Project Hold as well. Yeah, you don't need to keep the photos, but that you need to be correct. able to scan the photos. We have to and, scan them in yeah. and give them back to the right. families when we're when we're done. Shalita, while we still have just a, a few minutes left, do you want to highlight some things that are coming up uh, for the Lincoln Recreation Center, whether it's Freedom Walk or any any uh, related events? Yes, definitely to talk about the Juneteenth Freedom Walk to where we start off at the Lincoln Center and walk to George Bush Library. It's a 2.68 mile walk, so it's not too bad. And we will do that on Friday, June 16th, starting at 9 o'clock a.m. This has been a ongoing Um, collaboration since 2004 and so we are just thankful that we are able to walk this year to the library and then after the walk we will enjoy um, storytelling um, by Miss Miss Davis um, and she's going to bring storytelling to us and then all of the participants will be able to have lunch um, there um, in the um, 
in the foyer of mm-hmm. the library. And so we we just excited that we can continue the tradition of walking um, to the library and celebrate Juneteenth, kick off the weekend with the walk. Who can take part in this? Is the Freedom Walk, uh, it's not specific to college station necessarily all comers are welcome right yes this this walk is open to anyone that wants to do the walk Um, we invite everyone especially other uh, rec centers other summer day camps you know our parents um, the community just come and walk with us the Hmm. 2.68 miles and do you have other events you you usually have uh, a whole lot of things going on uh, in addition to the Freedom Walk, do you still have some some extra things organized around this time? Well, um, I know that during the the documentary, we still want to have a celebration, and so we're going to add a few little things to the documentary. Uh, well, we will have watermelon, of course, mm-hmm. and just you know, we'll have some vendors out there just to really celebrate Juneteenth, and then also um, on June tenth for the Starlight Music Series is going to be a Blues and Zodico Festival out at Wolf Pen. And so they people can go to the website to see who's the musical guest. Um, and we always have a good time out at Wolf Pen. Hmm. So, yes. Now, if if people listening to this have become curious enough about the Lincoln Recreation Center where they want to come check it out. Can you tell them where it's located and uh, how they are able to take a look around and and just get a a full idea of everything you have to offer? Yes, we are uh, located at the corner of Holloman and Eleanor. You'll see the playground and the splash pad before you see our facility. But if you want to come take a tour, um, ask questions, feel free to just drop by. Um, we'll be there to help you. We have staff available and we are always there to support and a- answer any questions that guests might have. And again, this isn't just a place for kids. No. You, you are serving all ages. Right? I am. Yeah. We, we are a multi-generational facility uh, to where we serve our sensational seniors, uh, 55 and older, where they can engage in recreational activities Monday through Friday from 9 to 1. And then our middle adults, you know, we have activities for them as well, uh, playing, doing open gym, pickleball, um, and a variety of other activities, and, and definitely our next generation of youth between the ages of 6 to 15 we have an after school program and gearing up for a fantastic summer program so we are there to serve all ages Hmm. Barbara if anybody wants to know more about this particular project or ask you hey can we get on your calendar so we can contribute to the oral history or something like that how do people find you yeah you can reach me um, by email at bmore b-m-o-o-r-e at cstx.gov, or you can reach me by phone at um, 764-6327. Um, just give me a call or send me an email, and, and we'll try to work on uh, chronicling that history and, and getting it preserved. Well, on behalf of the community, thank you, too, for uh, doing everything that you normally do to serve the citizens of College Station and this community, and, uh, and Barbara, for for really uh, taking a leadership role in making this happen, because this is, isn't is just a legacy project for the families you're representing, but it's uh, it's legacy for you too as well. So thank you. Thank you.
And by the way, thank you, Barbara and Shalita. Uh, it's so good to see both of you. And thank you for coming to spend good some to time with me. Yes. Thank you for having us. Miss you both. Yes. Brazos Matters is a production of Aggieland's Public Radio, 90.9 KAMU-FM, a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. Our show is engineered and edited by our program director, Matt Dittman. You can learn more about us at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. Thanks for listening.